0: hey guys and welcome to the first episode of locally sourced jams we made it uh took a lot of work to get here i'm really proud of what i'm putting out and i hope you guys enjoy it i sat down with my friend joey dudas uh from the band plague doctor and we kind of told his story through music so hope you guys enjoy it sit back have fun thanks friends and welcome to Locally Sourced Jams. I'm your host Bo Robley and today with me uh, is a very special guest Joey Dudas.
1: Say hi Joey. How's it going Bo? Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for coming. It means a lot. Joey is a good friend of mine I've known for quite a few years. He's here to you know talk about his story and uh, Joey just for anyone who doesn't know you maybe give a quick little intro about yourself.
1: Well I'm a drummer here locally. I've been in the scene for a while now I guess. Uh, If you've been to any local show here. I'm probably the uh, the weird guy with the long hair wearing the spandex in the front row. That does describe Joey perfectly.
0: I'm actually a little disappointed he's not in a spandex today.
1: <laughs> I should have worn them, actually.
0: It's it's a beautiful day out. I think people deserve to see your legs. <laughs> I'm just saying. And anything else. <laughs> no one deserves that. <laughs> so, Joey, you know, locally Source Jams is just a conversation with musicians about their journey up to this point in music. why, How it was, why they're still doing it, what they get out of it. How it's affected their lives, um, and to start telling your story, we got to start at the beginning. So, uh, when did music switch from something that you're listening to to potentially something you could actually do, some, some music you
1: could make? Well, I think in uh, in high school, uh, all my friends were going into the music department, and I kind of wanted to to follow suit. So I started on the trumpet. It was horse on the trumpet? Like just just. That. Too many notes for only three three little uh, little buttons. It doesn't make any sense. I like the idea of it, but the mouthpiece was small. I've got a big mouth and <laughs> big lips and other things, but <laughs> it was hard for me. And my music teacher kind of saw that, and I think he was sick of telling me to blow harder um, every practice. Teachers shouldn't say that. <laughs> every, everyone giggled. Only the music it teacher was, is allowed to say that. It was embarrassing. It was always a joke. But eventually, I moved from trumpet to trombone because bigger mouthpiece. I played in jazz band for a bit. I was a oh, yeah. little better, but honestly, I wasn't practicing. I didn't really care. I wasn't too into it. Like, I was there for my friends and for something sure. to do, and, and and then I went from euphonium, uh, which is like a smaller tuba type thing It sits on your lap, and then I played tuba for a bit, and eventually, I think my, my music teacher, uh, David Fryer, uh, rest in peace, he was a great man, uh, he eventually sat me down one day, and he's like, well... He grabbed his bass guitar off the shelf, and he was a bass player as well. And he's like, "Hey, like, try this." He's like, "I think you'd be good at this. Like, try this." So, sat in his office for a little while and kind of put, diddling on his bass. And he's like, "I think you'd be good at this. Like, let's start over and, and try this."
0: So, did you feel a connection to the string instrument right away I, over, I did, over yeah. the brass? Oh yeah, in your mouth or yeah? I, I, I think like, it was yeah. a lot easier. Like, I, I completely understand. I went started with trump trombone before i moved to string instruments and i blew my lips out trying to get it like literally split a lip once and i just like i don't get this and then i my brother played sax tried to like do sax couldn't i just shoot on the reed and yeah and reed. so yeah i felt an immediate connection switching from yeah so but so, i don't regret my time playing the brass instrument it taught me to read
1: yeah yeah reading music for sure i yeah. think i could still do that i haven't tabs are easier but, but yeah. yeah tabs one four four <laughs> five yeah um, no, but eventually I was moved to like the upright string bass, which i loved. Okay. Uh, in concert band, you know, with the bow, without the bow. That was, uh, I miss that still to this day, actually. As really? I don't play bass much anymore, but if I could jump on a string bass again. I didn't know that about and, like, you. and do that in like a cycle billy band, that'd be nuts. I'd love to do that. I'm that that's, that's something that's, I wouldn't mind doing.
0: Anyone, any cycle billy bands out there? Yeah. With, uh, yeah, with me the a bass. double bass. <laughs> up for grabs.
1: Yeah, so... So I think that got me into more things. Uh, uh, And I started listening to a lot more punk at that time. Um, I started going to a lot more local shows at that time. So I think, like, everyone in the music program wanted to play bass or drums. Because no one really wants to play the They want the quote-unquote real band instruments. Yeah. And if you're joining the music department, like, especially, like, some of the guys that came in on drums and stuff, you're not playing drums. You're playing... You're playing tipponies.
0: You're playing a single snare. Or percussions, and you're smacking cymbals together or something.
1: So, deep down, I always kind of wanted to do that. But there's was that happy. one
0: jazz drummer that actually gets to drum.
1: Yes, yeah. exactly. there's one guy in the whole school That's that it, literally yeah. gets to
0: play the drums. I get it.
1: So, no, bass was fine for me. So, I started going to a lot of local shows. About in grade 10, I started hanging out with uh, a lot of the older kids, like the grade 12s. And there's a group of them that I hung out with and became good friends with. Uh, they were in a band at the time, uh, opposed the Hero. Okay. Um, so, so I used to go to a lot of shows with them. About, we're talking about Slack specifically, Mike Slack, okay, and yeah, all yeah. those guys. Yeah, and they became good friends of mine, and that's kind of how I started, kind of, you know, started drinking, like, you know, underage, oh, yeah. and and trying to be cool. Trying to be cool, I get it. Yeah, hanging out with the old kids, you know, and it was it was good times. So watching those guys play for a while, you know, I'd like to say I was their biggest fan at the time. You know, I was Fair I enough. was the kid moving around in the pit and stuff, and and it was fun. So I think then that's when I wanted to start my own band or get into something, right? Like, watching those guys do it. And, like, they weren't great. And they weren't bad. It was it was they, something that I they thought... They were fun.
0: Yes. They were they were having fun, which made you have fun and want to do
1: it. Yes, and that was kind of my goal. I was like, hey, like, you know, I want to play local shitty shows like these guys, right? Okay. We went to... I used to travel with them you when know, they played Vancouver, or Langley, and stuff. But I'd go on trips with them to shit. So I think that was... uh kind of my goal at the time I wanted to play a show
0: so you've been a super fan you have in this one group around all over lower mainland uh, when when did it switch from you know just being the fan to wanting to actually be on
1: stage being like how did you make that transition well it was uh, a couple of my buddies at the time we all started playing well I was playing bass first but then my buddy Nathan I think started playing guitar my buddy Tim started playing drums and then we had our friend Levon he was actually pretty good at guitar. Um, he had a book of cover songs, you know, we would play and we play a lot of start playing like Ramones covers and just nice. easy shit. Right. Well, wow, Fun. You know, fun, fun. No, yes. Yes. But like, Don't n- no, but super easy to play. Yes, not very technical. Yes. So we started, we started doing that together. Uh, Levon's dad, I think played too. So he had a good jam space. So we'd go over there after school and, nice. and play. So I think our first show that we booked, um it was a backyard birthday party <laughs> love it okay we were supposed to play first and i think Opposed the hero is actually playing this show too uh we were supposed to play first and i can't remember what happened but somebody wanted to jump ahead and play first and we're like yeah okay like yeah, we're brand new and we're like yeah schedules we'll go, don't
0: really stay we'll,
1: we'll go after yeah. you and we were super nice just kind of hanging in the background because we didn't really know anybody and so the first band goes on second band's like well we were supposed to play after them and she's like yeah okay just just go so we uh eventually by the time we were going to go on the cops came lovely so the cops came shut the party down so we never actually got to oh first show sure didn't actually go yeah, through didn't actually play Passed gear sucks. There. everyone used our gear you know one of those so we we're like okay that those just
0: sat in your own nerves that would have yeah for however long oh yeah yeah
1: so that never happened so you know we still practiced and eventually i think we uh, we booked a talent show okay like the Optimus club talent show we played that no we played i think three ramones covers nice there's three bands in that talent show became third out of three bands nice so you know and i think shortly after that we just kind of did our own thing and kind of dropped the band okay so then there's probably about a year in between another friend of mine i think we we're in personal planning class and he was a singer and another leave actually and i think he saw some ad on myspace at the time of, of two two kids uh from hatsick secondary that wanted to start a band they were guitarist and a drummer so levon he knew i played bass and he sang so he was like hey like let's go meet these guys after school
0: myspace
1: myspace yeah that's back that, that, myspace was a yourself. great
0: great resource for local bands
1: is it still around
0: uh no i no? don't think so at all i mean there's probably something there but it's it, it's not a resource
1: for but that was the now. thing in high school it was definitely myspace yeah i do recall yeah so so we met with the, the two guys from hatsick darren and matt and we started uh, a new punk band called Level Betty. So that was, we did that for pro- probably two years. We played a lot of shows. Do I remember our first show there? Mm, no, not really. The Rockstar Lifestyle. Yeah. It, it, you uh, know, we played a lot it. of, you know, church basements and, and we actually played a lot of school dances at the time and stuff like that. And it was fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, we actually, the one I do remember is we played, a little hole in the wall in Langley called the Endoplasm. It was a little cool venue, it probably doesn't exist anymore, obviously, but uh, we actually opened Opposed the Hero. And so the this is my you
0: followed around. Yes. Yeah.
1: So this was kind of after, you know, like I said, that, that house party that didn't play off with my first band. So this was the this was We're the showing gig. these guys what you can do. This was the gig. Um, I I don't think they actually watched us play. I think they're in the parking lot drinking. Uh, but... <laughs> but support that was... local guys. That was kind of the goal at the time, and we played a, a good show, so that was a highlight for me. I think my grandma came out to that show, nice. too. She got to see her first mohawk in person, and her first mosh pit, I had to explain to my grandmother what a mosh pit was. Why are they
0: fighting in front of yeah, the band? Yeah.
1: Is like, that how they dance? Yes, grandma. That's slam that's dancing. how we dance. Yeah. yeah. So that was, that was fun. We had a lot of good times doing that. And eventually, I think, like, all the politics out of being in a band together, and I think I was the only one that smoked pot. So I think that became a problem. After two years, I just wasn't into it anymore. I don't think... just wasn't matching up. For
0: sure, it wasn't working
1: anymore. It wasn't working.
0: This led to a bit of time off music?
1: Yeah, I took quite a bit of time off after that. So we're
0: putting you in probably around 17, 18 years old, somewhere in that bracket? Yeah, grade 12. So the band, Politics Within It, kind of left a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. And you, you put music down. For I did. How long do you think... Would you say you put music down for? Probably like three years. And is this a complete like I ain't touching this bass, or is it I will pick it up and I'll pick up my guitar, pick up my bass every once in a while just to strum? I think I just stopped myself. playing. Just I just didn't touch playing bass after high school. I stopped playing. Put it away. Yeah. Um. What? What uh, brought you back out? I started playing drums. So you put the bass. Was it that bad? Like this experience was that bad that you didn't want to go back, or did you
1: just crave something new? I was just kind of overplaying the four notes and you know in, in a pop punk, punk band like they saw in punk i mean you you can be really good but you have to fight to show what, how good i can be i needed a little bit more creativity i think okay instead of being told hey like sit down play these notes so this is you
0: know big brother guitar player just
1: telling mm. you like i need the c the d and the as a, much as i love the dude yes
0: got it no that it happens it's it's right that's part of the dynamic of a band it's hard to write when you have a very specific vision in your mind mm-hmm. to get other people's input on that is difficult to receive. So I, I, I would get it the same. Anyone writes a song, anyone writes any bit of it, you hear it a very specific way in your head. Mm-hmm. And a lot of time, you know, the bass just has to rock the E string because that's what is required of the song. And I do understand that can be boring Yeah. after a period of time, especially if you're given no outlet for your creativity.
1: Yeah, I, I think I, I turned it on on stage and it was fun to watch on stage and I had a good stage present with my bass guitar. But I wasn't happy with really what I was playing. And no one tells a drummer what to do other yeah. than the time. So
0: so <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's a legitimate transition for
1: someone who wants more excitement. So I went onto the drums. I started playing with Darren again from Level Betty. This is years years after. Okay. Uh, with a good friend of mine, Dan Miron, who uh, who's a guitar player but decided to play bass for us. And I think we started with a house party. We just played covers and whatever Darren had in the vault. Yeah. Just a jam band. Just, sort of I think we played a, like a new year's party and like a, like a house record type party. Love it. Um, but I was just literally just learning drums. I played in a an electronic kit, you know, doing sublime covers and Tom Petty covers okay. and stuff like that. Just learning. I wasn't great. So I think once we started kind of Darren wanted to do more of his original stuff, um, and I wasn't really practicing. I was just like, hey, I'm doing this for fun, like drink some beers, like smash on the drums and
0: Was were the other members of your band starting to
1: take it a bit more seriously? I think so, yeah. Okay They wanted to, they wanted to play some more shows other than house parties and they wasn't really too into it. So I think we played we played another like talent show type thing at UFB and and honestly we bombed it. It was bad. Maybe I bombed. Right? And it was probably you, one you, of the worst shows. You live shows. and die as a team, though. Yeah. And I think that one kind of got to me as if, like, maybe, you know, I'm just a self-taught drummer. I don't really know what I'm doing. Maybe I'm a little over my head here. Okay. And then I remember Dan, who's a great buddy of mine, he sat me down he's like, hey, man, like, if you're not going to practice, like, I don't think we can do this anymore. Which is fair. It's hard to hear, but it's yes. a fair statement. So I think that that bummed me out a lot to the point where I was like, well, Maybe it's back to the bass. So I, I stopped drums at that point. Picked After up that, the bass again. They got another familiarity. They got another drummer. They played a couple shows and eventually disbanded. So now, a couple years later... So that we would put at maybe like
0: 2008, 2009? That was probably like 1920. So yeah, somewhere in yeah, 2009-ish. Yeah, yeah. And so a couple years from there, so now we're putting at like
1: 2011? That was probably... Yeah, twenty, twenty one, just coming off a a pretty devastating breakup at the time, um, with, uh, when your best writing comes, when your best musicianship comes out uh, with a broken heart and probably one of my best friends forever, Lindsay Noah, uh, we'd get drunk and he played guitar. Maybe I should jump up and and try the bass again. So I ended up going out and buying, uh, a five string Ibanez bass. Because Lindsay's like, let's start a metal band. Like we've been playing punk for years, you know. He was too and stuff. Like let's start a, let's start a metal band.
0: I mean, yeah, met- punk kind of flows right back into thrash, which isn't
1: a bad idea. Yeah, answer. let's be a little louder, a little faster. So I went, you know, I got a five string, which was great. So I kind of my love for the bass kind of came back, rekindled with that extra string. Little, you know, a little more pretty freedom swanky, you, yeah, pretty swanky bass guitar. So uh, that's how. Uh, Slaughterhouser started. I I remember this vividly. And wow, you were the original vocalist in Slaughterhouser, <laughs> so that's the it's coming first circle here.
0: It, I I do I do definitely remember the early times in Slaughterhouser. The But I never I was never there while you were playing bass.
1: No, okay. I, so that's so you, probably
0: I didn't see you. The bass player is what who brought me in, I think.
1: Okay. But so, I do recall I've heard some stories. So we eventually got Ty on guitar I think Lindsay met him at a coffee shop and he was like an older dude been around the block was playing in bands probably we were in diapers right so we brought Ty on board and we had a couple drummers come in and I had a drum set in my basement so we had a couple drummers come in and we probably did that for a couple months and and just we didn't have a drummer that stuck around couldn't find one that fit the band so eventually I was like you know what guys like one day I just jumped on the drums and we were jamming our songs And then Lindsay looks at me and goes, hey, man, like, that's not bad. Like, why don't we get you a double kick? Let's get a double kick and and try this out. So I said, "Okay, sure, let's do this. So, you know, with the help from my friends, I was like, okay, let's let's actually sit down and practice this. So I remember when I first got my my first double kick pedal, like I sat there for a long time trying because it was hard at first.
0: Did you feel that you were writing or the music you were playing was a bit more upbeat and aggressive was actually just encouraging you because you had a bit more uh, freedom and to try things that, that triggered you to wanting to practice more?
1: I think so, yeah.
0: And so it was specifically the music you were making led you to want to be better.
1: Yeah, and I think Lindsay had a big part of it, too. He was probably my biggest cheerleader at the time. So as much as like I get down on myself sometimes, and obviously, as you can tell from my journey so far, I kind of give up. Yeah. And if it's hard for me or I don't get the response I want, I'm gonna you know, fuck up. this. Yeah, I bail out. So so having
0: someone in your corner who's pushing you was was beneficial. I and mean, yeah. it sounds the same way with your original music instructor. Yeah. You were trying, but you weren't really trying, and you're mm-hmm. kinda like, here, this is probably better for you, and I'm gonna make sure you keep trying. Um so that's cool. You you know, you found what works for you. Mm-hmm. You need you need a level of support. The band got you know, you work together, you guys got a double kick pedal. Yeah. So you're practicing tons? How does uh
1: progress? At the time, Lindsay and our uh, I, our friends in, I guess at the time, Armada, they turned into Bears on Film. Um, we would go to their jams a lot because Dan, from my last Dan, he, uh, he joined them. So we'd go and sit and watch uh, them practice and whatnot. So I think me and Lindsay, we kind of wanted to to emulate that we like we see them playing shows and doing the metal thing so i think that's kind of how slaughterhouser started too just to accompany another band that you yeah guys were our buddies yeah, yeah. playing the same kind of music and we're like hey like you know we're we trying could do to do this the together metal thing too yeah and in
0: the same way that is all, like you're just said you're someone who needs kind of a bit of a support group yeah and having a support band seems like a great idea for
1: watching me. them do yeah. it i think kind of like hey like maybe we could do, do this. this too yeah i understand yeah so eventually I think we got we got Corey to come play bass for us. Yeah. I was I was living with Corey at the time. Yeah. So I think that's how eventually we got you. Yeah.
0: Uh I was very drunk.
1: <laughs>
0: Lindsay came over and I'm the cockiest person on earth after too many whiskeys. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can do uh I can do the vocals in a metal band. Then had to figure out what the hell that meant.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I think it was that night we we're like, well, okay, well, I guess you're our singer now. <laughs> I guess the band's complete. Yeah, that that just a couple whiskeys formed that group. Now, the way the one thing I do regret about Slaughterhazard at the beginning is I do think we rushed it. Hundred percent, hundred percent rushed. So think, shaky because <laughs> I think you, me, and Lindsay went to the Wolf Bar, which is a great bar, by the way. If you've never been to Maple ridge Little hole in the wall, but they have some great shows. So we used to go watch a band called Browheist. Oh yeah, right. Remember those days? I do. They were a great band. Legendary,
0: legendary so, local act.
1: So I think we were there. We probably only had what two songs in Slaughterhouse's pocket at the time. Maybe. If that, maybe. I, I would say
0: one quality, and then right quality in quotes for us, and then
1: one that we got seventy percent of the time. We got through it. Maybe I would say. we we didn't have anything. Yeah. Not even enough to think about a show. Straight rookies. So here's me at the wall, probably high on cocaine, talking to Great the made, talking to the the promoter at the time. I'm like, yeah, we got a band. Like we'll play a show. He's like, you guys ready in like three months? Yeah, yeah, sure. Let's do that. I remember. I think you looked at me like, are you serious? I'm like, I, three I months, mean, I, man.
0: I was also probably pretty inebriated. <laughs> I remember the next day not knowing if that conversation actually yeah, happened. Yeah. And. The, the problem with Lindsay is he is the most assured person I know. Yeah. And he will. This is the best idea ever, guys. Like, and he's so convincing. Like, it's he's a hard man to say no to. Well, it's just so positive.
1: I think that night we watched whatever opening band open for Brow Heist that night. Garbage. So I think me and Lindsay looked at each other and we go, well, fuck, we could do that. We're better than them, yeah, we could do that. Which we weren't. No, probably not. But we thought we were. But people liked us. Yeah. And we thought, well, you know, maybe somebody will come watch us. So it took us three months, and and we had a deadline for the show. So what? What do we do? We sat down and we wrote some shit. That's true.
0: We did spend a lot of time in that small room.
1: A lot of it got cut. Yeah.
0: Throughout the years, many, a many, lot many of it songs. was
1: filler for that show. But remember uh, that first show?
0: I I do. Uh, it was us. It was like a band called Crime
1: City? No. That was our, first, w- our first, first one, one was With Bears on Film and f- our buddy band and Glimpse of Mutiny. Glimpse of
0: Mutiny. That's what I was thinking, the, Yeah. I do recall the their, their singer was phenomenal. I was I was so overwhelmed with how good he was.
1: Phil, yes. And he eventually went into Witch of the Waste and yes. You no, know, those yeah. guys were uh, we were playing with the big boys that night and we had a great turnout. That bar was full by eight o'clock. We went on first. The bar was packed. For our first show, and we had no business. being No, there. not at all. <laughs> two, two. You
0: know, one fairly established band. Yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure they'd perform in like Seeds at the time or yeah. that
1: stuff. And Paris on Film have played some shows. Yes, before they, that. they'd been.
0: You know, like their Cory talked about his first show at mm-hmm. uh, Rio.
1: Okay. Yeah. The Rio. Yeah.
0: Um. You know, they played actual places, mm-hmm. and we.
1: Yeah. I that night was intense. Yeah. Uh, nerves were real. I think you probably puked in the bathroom once I, before I, that. I puked a lot. Yeah. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> um, this is about you. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so
0: this was almost like a second coming for you. Yes. Like this, as much as you had played bass and you'd been on shows, this is a new instrument. This is my real new genre, genre show. music, And something you, for the first time, feel are, like you're part of this. This is something you really care about.
1: This is, yeah, the most important first show. Quote unquote, this is yeah.
0: more real. Yes. Uh, How to feel? Like what was going through your mind before you went up?
1: Oh, I was nervous as all hell, man, but we had fun. All our friends were there. Like, we had we had a crowd, we had support. Um, no, it was great. We had I remember somebody recorded that show and I we probably watched it 200 times after that.
0: That's true. I do uh I want to say Alex Penner.
1: Alex Penner. Shout out to Alex there, Penner.
0: Yeah. Uh that footage I can barely watch it still cuz yeah. I find everything I do is yeah, I'll, I I uh, Looking back on it now, it's a little cringy. but at the wh- time on stage, that was that was still probably one of the highlights of my entire life. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it was amazing. You are a huge part of that. Part of what I find you on stage, especially when you play drums, your facial expressions <laughs> are phenomenal. <laughs> the amount of joy and sometimes distress and whatever emotion you're trying to convey yeah. is so evident on your face it's intoxicating like i turn around and i see make eye contact with you i can't help but grin because you just look so excited
1: to be doing what you're doing i've been told that i'm fun to watch i don't know i'm i honestly black out when i play <laughs> i don't pay attention like i don't know what happens at a show i'm i've got like my, my fucking horse blinders on and i'm not i'm i'm not there this i'm is, like this out of body eight experience. years of
0: uh playing and you're still, still yeah that? yeah oh yeah wow that's i mean i, I got close to i, I talked about this with Corey a bit i get in that uh i tried to do exactly what i do every time Mm -hmm. so i fall into that you know safe uh repetitive mode and then kind of just out of body experience thing yeah um i can't imagine doing that as a drummer with all four limbs going at different tempos it's all muscle memory man that's amazing so this you know we're we're at the first show we'll say the first show of like your new yes journey we're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back. We'll hear how, how your journey progresses. Um, so you guys, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey, guys. Bo here to talk to you about a little company called Sticker Mule. These people make all sorts of stickers, card decals, even coasters with your business name, your logo, or catchphrases on them. Hell, even if you want to have just your face on a coaster for like a birthday party or something, they'll do that too. They have so many different options, like different shapes, colors, and filters to get you exactly what you want. They'll even die-cast a custom shape so your sticker is exactly what you're looking for. Now, Sticker Mule has great customer service, and once I approved the proofs of my stickers, they were here in less than a few days. I love them, and I'm super proud to give them out. I'm getting great feedback on them. So if you need some promotional material for whatever you're doing, and you're trying to stay within an affordable budget, I highly suggest you visiting StickerMule.com and checking them out. Thanks a lot, and now back to the show. And we're back. Still Bo Robley here with Joey. Uh, we were, just before we left on break, we were talking about, you know, your resurgence in music. Let's say your rebirth as a metal drummer coming out. We had your first show there. That being such a high point in your musical career. Mm-hmm. Um, the next couple of years... Playing shows, a lot of shows. Well, we played a
1: lot of shows,
0: all over the Fraser Valley and Greater Vancouver area. I know we did a lot of
1: Iron Road shows, which was very a lot special. of after hours. Oh. Yeah, that was a fun place. If it, you don't know what Iron Road Studio you was you missed out. You missed out. uh Iron Roads was an after
0: hours club it slash like recording studio can slash yeah. But yeah, it, uh, we played a lot of shows there. I think we started around 2. I think that was our
1: first Vancouver show, actually. was was, was an Iron Road studio show. And we started at 5.30 in the morning. Uh, yeah, something like that. There's three bands. I think it opened we, at 2.
0: And we went on last at, and we on at around last. 5. Yeah. yeah,
1: that was a special night. Um. So, yeah, the
0: next couple of years were filled with that.
1: But lots of fun. Lots, the, of, lots
0: of drinking. The journey kind of changed. I, I fell ill.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, when I did get better, I didn't really have the drive to come back. I really didn't feel... The the push, I was pretty sick for a while. I didn't really want to go into that again. And so I took a step back. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of when your journey shifted a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you left. We, we canceled a couple shows because of your health. And we weren't really sure what we were going to do at that point. We weren't sure if you were coming back, if you could. I think you did play one after. Yeah,
0: I think I came back for one, maybe two shows. Yeah. But... Uh, I know the one show I did was just because I wanted to play with Anchors. Yes. That was a, they're a band I absolutely adore. Yeah. So, like, that was big. And um,
1: what else was that show? Which of the Waste was on that bill, too, I think. Eterna. Uh,
0: yes, Eterna. That was the other. So so I, I know I came back for that show solely because of my love for those bands. Mm-hmm. Those were three bands that I respected. And, you know, they were real to me. So I knew I had to do those. But yeah. But even those shows didn't kick me in the pants enough to really want to do this anymore yeah, yeah. so I knew I knew it was done for me for at least for that that specific project so I left there was a little bit of a transition period how'd that go for you
1: yeah I, I don't really remember how it started or how long we waited after you I think Lindsay talked to Maddie who was kind of floating around at the time great vocalist a friend of friend of ours, and I think he just jumped on board. Um, and then it started out really well. Actually, we played, we got back into the shows. We had like a new sound. You yeah, know, vastly just... like a faster, I'd
0: say, more more punch in the face kind of vibe. He has a very specific vocal range. Yes. Phenomenal, the guy, light years ahead of me. Yes. Um. Thanks, man. No, I, uh, I love you uh, to no. death, and
1: I loved you. Being he in the band, he was
0: yes. he he was really talented. And so I do feel the band did have a, a a brush more professionalism with him out front.
1: I think we stood out a little more. Yes, yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: And I can say that I can talk bad about myself. You're not really supposed to say that. <laughs> um, so you have new energy in the band, uh, probably a, a reju- rejuvenated energy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you feel feel it, or were you kind of starting to to drag ass a little bit? Well, I was definitely. In I don't way- mean that derogatory. No, no. Like you're your love of what you were doing.
1: I was I was definitely into it. I loved the sound. We recorded a lot of tracks. It was sounding really good. We got good responses. We were playing lots of shows. But I think the dynamics in the band changed when you left. So I think when, when Matty came in, there was a bit of butting heads because he, as the vocalist, as the front man, I think he, he wanted to grab the bull by the horns and, and he wanted to do it his way, which was totally fine.
0: And probably more often how most bands are perceived to be doing it as like the pseudo face of the band yeah. to be the representation. I have an ugly face. <laughs> uh, yours is much cuter. So it
1: made more sense for us, but I could see
0: how Maddie coming from a more conventional setup might feel as part
1: of his domain. I think we had a good group dynamic going into it. Um, it was always a consensus. I think when Maddie came in at the time, me and him definitely butted heads. I still love the dude. We get along to this day. Um, no hard feelings at all. But I think working together at the time was hard for both of us.
0: See, I find this is a big thing with a lot of uh, bands is you're a group of friends. Mm-hmm. And then you do have to switch to some level of professional. I think it feels the same way of like opening up a business with a group of friends. There does have to be a certain hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to have a five-headed boss. In the sense of yeah. most music, musical acts, looks like five girlfriends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it is an it is a yeah. relationship, and uh, I think it's something that's really overlooked when you start a musical group that you are in close proximity. You're all you're all piecing together your art, your personal expression of whatever you're trying to express, mm-hmm. which is a difficult thing to do. You don't see you know murals being painted by five different artists with five different visions. I think it's, it's something that doesn't get talked about nearly enough. Is how socially difficult it is to be in a band. Mm-hmm. Did you, do you feel that has helped you in other aspects of your life? Like the, the dealing with it or was did the outside life kind of shape how you acted in the band?
1: I think with dealing with that many, Different personalities in close proximity. I think there's a way you should word things when you're you're dealing creatively with a group of people,
0: like a certain level of tact you need to have. You need to be like, hey,
1: how about this? What do you think about this? How about if you know it's the way you word things. I think.
0: So, so you felt it was a bit more, you know, the dynamic shifted, and you were your opinion wasn't being as heard as loudly. It was more important to certain
1: other people. I think so. I think when we started Slaughterhouse,er it was drink beers, have fun. Yes. But I think when we, when Maddie jumped on board, we were starting to fit in. Definitely. We were, we were fitting in. I would
0: say in the Valley, you guys were guys actually like, you know, one of the forefronts. Yeah. Like there was a lot of bands that were excited to play with you guys.
1: So I think once we got into that, our goal was to, to play the bigger local music festivals. Okay. Yeah. Right. Like to play loud as hell, to play, Armstrong metal Fest to play some of the the cooler events. For sure. Not just, you know, playing the dive bars. The dive bars, yeah. like the Wolf where we started and stuff, which was cool when we started. But I think eventually our, our goal Bigger was to play those. Yes. Got it. And that was about the ceiling. I think that was that was the ceiling was to, to at least play the festival. So I think when Maddie joined, he had a vision and we we were getting there. We were we were doing good, but I think like you said, I kind of lost my my energy.
0: Yeah. I'm I I mean I'm not trying to step on you at all. Like I I watched it all from the outside yeah. at this point. Uh I knew you when you were 100% in it and I could tell just by being around you at certain practices that you were no longer 100%. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying it was all on you, but no. but I do I did sense I mean there was a lot of other things going on in your life at that time. Oh yeah. So I I understand that I could I could see it a little bit on the wall. This probably wasn't going to work out.
1: Yeah, no I was having, you know, relationship problems we were trying to start a family my focus was more work and trying to set up my family family. yeah for sure oh it's both my worlds collided at that point uh you were getting stretched pretty thin yes i i was you know bailing on practices i wasn't completely into it because now i had to make sure my baby mama was happy my bandmates were happy i was being pulled from both sides You know, I didn't have a lot of time between work and everything. Um, So at this point, we were accepted to Loud as Hell. Um, Loud as Hell Music Festival. And this was a big deal. Big deal. I was a a drum heller. And yeah, this was the goal. And the thing was, Loud as Hell was going to be a couple weeks after my daughter would have been born. So time crunch. So it was, this was honestly one of the hardest decisions in my life. And at the time, Maddie and I were, were button heads. Um, you know, new music, new ideas. You know, I we played The Wolf. Uh, there was a new song at the time. I didn't want to play it. I think we jammed it for a couple of weeks. I, I didn't want to play it. You didn't night.
0: feel prepared to do that.
1: No. So, so at that show, I think it was that day, he goes, Well, we're playing the new one. So I said, Okay. And I remember I was sharing a drum set that night, but the drum set, the drummer, uh, he was a left-handed drummer. So I get behind this drum set, and it's all fucked. Yeah. So I'm going, okay, we're playing the new song on this fucking thing. All right. And it was kind of a, a humdrum show. We opened. No one was really into it. The crowd was sitting down. There, it wasn't a Slaughterhouser energy it kind of wasn't show. wasn't the vibe, you know. So I remember that. We we go through the new one, and I just fucking bomb it. I wasn't I, I wasn't there mentally with it. I was already like, like fuck yeah, like we're you, doing this. You didn't want to play it, you know. You yeah. weren't
0: happy about it, and then you know, again, know you, Joey, a little bit. So there's a little bit of pettiness in you.
1: Yeah, and, yeah,
0: and not that you would sabotage anything on purpose. No, but, no. but you need to be behind things you do. I 100%. need to be 100 mentally into it. Yeah, exactly. It's very as, much
1: you. You know, the story I've told so far. Right now, it, if I'm not into it, you, it's, it's not going to go yeah. well. So, so bad show. It goes down. It goes. It goes bad. So after that show, Maddie and I we had a bit of a falling out. So a little bit after this is when we were accepted for as help. So I remember sitting there texting Maddie back and forth and he goes, well, I'm like, I don't know if I can do this, man. Like,
0: You're like kidding. I'm supposed to yeah. leave my
1: kid. That's going to be a couple weeks old, deal with my old lady and just leave for the show. Like I, I want to do it. I really want to do it, but I don't think I can.
0: And a festival is not, you know, not something you reschedule. But no. We do this or we don't do
1: this. So you said, well, we can get a replacement drummer and and that kind of that, that stuck me man this was in my mind my baby that was my dream my goal my ceiling that, of, of achievement that i wanted to right. obtain i couldn't do it i couldn't bring myself to doing it cuz if i did i'd be in shit at home
0: so the, the, that, that's a hard decision for anyone
1: to make so so i quit so you walked away i quit
0: how that feel like all, all honestly like you you leave it's your decision
1: Honestly, I broke down in tears that day, for sure. No, it was one of the hardest things. I regretted it instantly. I, But to this day, I stand by my decision. And honestly, I took three and a half years off after that. I so, didn't play at so all. So
0: another pretty rock-to-your-core you yeah. situation with music. And it was the same situation. You put the drumsticks on a shelf, yeah. and they gathered dust. That's yeah. it. But Slaughterhazer kept going. When your first show, not like that they had that you attended, how'd that make you feel? We don't have to go into too much detail, but like, what did it? It sucks. I I, I left on my what? own accord too, and it's still it it's a surreal, gut wrenching thing to watch something that you thought you helped create. Watching
1: w. watching somebody else play the parts you wrote, yeah, it's weird. It's weird, man. And the first one, I think I did see Reese stepped on drums. I did watch Reese play once. Yeah. Reese is a phenomenal drummer. So nothing against Reese, but it, it felt weird to me. And the Reese didn't do it for long. And I do remember the first time I watched Travis, he came on drums. So watching Travis play was a little bit more my style of drumming. So watching him play, because he was a really good friend of mine too, that was okay, it but it was better. still weird, obviously. I, I, it's it's someone
0: still, else wearing your underwear, man. It's yeah. a strange... Even if it's from all happened with the best of intentions, you know, that's that was your baby. And Out at
1: this tram. point, Maddie and I were still not friendly with each other. Yeah, you were still on rough patches. So there was the, some things transpired and whatever, but watching something that you were a part in that meant so much to you and you just standing in the front row again and not playing it. Yeah. It hurt me a bit, but I think I wasn't completely supportive of it until Slaughterhouser played their last show.
0: That was a sad day too. But I did feel like it was, you know, there was closure that night, I felt.
1: I, honestly, yeah, no, it, that was a great night. As much as I wasn't in Slaughterhazard at that time, I think that was one of the better shows. Um, a great highlight for that band. You, you know, were on stage with yeah, them that yeah, night. We all, there was nothing but love in that room that yes. night. I would say it still ended on a high note. note. Yes, oh, for sure. But yeah. I was also happy Slaughterhazard ended. <laughs> and, <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, I was.
0: Yeah, you know, it's no longer your thing. It, you put it.
1: Put something you love to bed.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And then since
0: after Slaughterhouser
1: ended, I think everyone went off in their own separate directions. And I think we're all doing pretty good now.
0: Speaking of that, uh, four years down the road of Raising Your Daughter, you were approached by a couple old members of bands, two different bands you
1: played in. Yeah. Yeah. Dan and uh, Corey. What are we... uh, So this leads to now. What are we working on now? Well, it's almost two years ago now. Dan and Corey... Um, showed up my house one day randomly and they said, well, how do you feel about getting back into it? We want to do something else, but they, they wanted to see what I was doing and if I could do it. And I said, you know what? Okay. It's been three and a half years and I don't know if I could do it anymore, but let's, I miss it. Yeah. I missed it so much, man. You'll give it the college try. Yeah. And yeah, so that's how, uh, me, Corey and Dan started. We brought Lindsay on board. Again, also former Slaughterhouser. We brought uh, Trevor in, who actually played in Slaughterhouser at the end.
0: So it's you got a couple members from or yeah, at least got Dan from your first band. Yeah. For first four in the music. Yeah. You got a couple guys from your second four in the music mm-hmm. you're putting together and what did all those pieces make up right now?
1: And then it kind of morphed into something. We spent a long time uh, coming up with a, a name and stuff, but we kind of more into the the black metal Death metal thing. I'm not playing the same kind of stuff as I did in Slaughterhouser. I learned a lot, a lot more, uh, more metal techniques. Yeah. I've actually been practicing a lot more. I actually rented an electronic drum set for a while at the beginning of this, um, and just just practiced because you know with my daughter in the house all the time, I I couldn't really headphones, play, yeah. Couldn't play the acoustic set anymore, but you know I set up the electronic set. They might have their perks. Yeah, no, it was it was cool, and I played a lot. So starting into it, I'm like, yeah, we're doing this. So it eventually turned into what now we call Plague Doctor. Fitting
0: name for this time in the world right now. Wow. It yeah.
1: happened before all this. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I just want to make that clear. We're not like, you they're, know, they're
0: not cutting in on, on no. a terrible thing in the world. No, no. And I, I didn't the, feel the bad name about it. had been around that. for a year or so before the band. Yes,
1: we, we probably practiced for about 10 months before we played our first show.
0: Yeah. and Which the, is a lot when considering every member in that band has probably a good 50 to 100 under their belts.
1: We decided, because like we said earlier about Slaughterhouse, we rushed into it. Yeah. So we said, if we're doing this, we're going to keep it, you know, our lips closed right now and just practice.
0: It was hush. I just remember practice. the first time I went to go check you guys out, it was like no one else had
1: been there. Yeah, no, we didn't really tell and anybody. It had been no
0: one outside of the, the family.
1: Mm-hmm. And it was it was hush hush. It was a well-kept secret. Honestly, for the little amount of time we all have, we make a count right Okay, like so less we, practice, but more focused. Yes, definitely.
0: How have you guys been handling this pandemic?
1: Played our second show right as this pandemic was starting. Yeah, this right in the like, middle of March, right? Right, like March 13th. Yeah, so and lockdown like, happened 18th. So, yeah. so it was it was pretty close to... To the point where where we were thinking, do we cancel this show? <laughs> it was at the point where I think the first shows in Vancouver were, were getting canceled the that first, day. Yeah,
0: the first... It was a it was a game time decision for you guys. Yeah, uh, you went for it though. Yeah, um, played with Neck of the Woods and Truitt. But that show doing Neck of the Woods album release is, yeah. a, is a pretty big deal. It was like, uh, if you're if you're at all in the local metal scene, if you're into Neck of the Woods, is a big deal. Like they are a quality act for sure. Uh, so playing their f- album release is a big deal.
1: And I think that night we definitely hung with the boys. And we probably wouldn't have been able to do that if we haven't, like, you know, pulled our pants up like we have been doing recently. Just writing, just practicing, just keeping it simple, not playing a lot of shows like You did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quality over quantity. Yeah. During this pandemic, we've been, uh, well, we took a couple months off. Of course, yeah. There was no connection. we weren't sure. And then, so, lately we have been writing. We have a couple new ones on the way. We all write. Pretty good together. Dan's got his own, his own style. Trevor's got his own style. We mash them together, you know, with with my drumming and 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 Lindsay on vocals. We're all doing it together, and I'm super happy with how it's going. So, where
0: do people keep in touch with this? Where do they hear news about what's coming up for Plague Doctor?
1: Oh, well, all we got right now is just our Facebook page. Okay, Plague Doctor. We have nothing recorded now. We were planning on doing it, yeah, now because of all this dynamic. stuff. Change dynamic. The yeah. world's a little in a different situation. We're still planning on something. We definitely need to get some stuff recorded. Uh, we have some some cool videos after our last couple shows on our Facebook page. If you don't know, we do the full Plague Doctor mask while we play. You don't see my drum faces now. Yeah,
0: none of Joey's drum faces. No. But he Joey's Joey's as close to uh, the Muppet animal as a human being can be, <laughs> so I don't think his face is all that important to tell what he's thinking. His body language is very specific, and that I can I can close my eyes and see what face he's making underneath <laughs> that mask. Uh, it, he's an entertaining creature to watch.
1: But I'll tell you though, playing with masks—that was my idea. Yeah, because Lindsay came up with the name, and we're like, hey, that's pretty cool. So it took months until we settled on Plague Doctor, and and so you've built a. I don't like the word shtick, but like a
0: persona around the band. No, I like the word
1: shtick. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. We'll go with shtick. See, I like bands like Guar and Slipknot and stuff like that. They stand out. There so I figured, you know, we weren't sure going into it. I'm like, if we're doing this, why not Let's dress them in Let's go all masks. the way. Let's try it. Like, I, And it was honestly, the guys weren't on board. And, I'll, and I, I might get in shit for saying this. But yeah, no, I was the only one pushing this. And finally, like, even leading up to the first show, Vince is like, I'm not wearing a mask. I'm like, fuck you, you are. <laughs> so I found so him a mask. Joey's
0: becoming the boss.
1: <laughs> we see it makes all, all the sense now. So, you know, it was probably a couple days before the first show and convinced him to do it. I think he wore it for two songs. But the rest of us fucking wore it for the whole set. I think the, the reaction, people think it looks cool.
0: They are quality masks. Yeah. So I feel, even for a local show, it's cool to see a stage persona. As much as a local show is about music, Mm -hmm. it's also a visual component. Yeah. I don't have headphones in listening to you on an MP3 player. I am watching you, so visual is important, and I I think you guys kill it. I honestly thank you. I, I can't emphasize enough how how good and professional you guys look. Thanks. Knowing. All you idiots and knowing what's on stage is and seeing what's on stage. It's, it's really good. You guys are killing
1: it. No, I, thank you. I, I remember when you were the first one to come check out us jam and we were all kind of a little nervous because we we're like, well, we've been doing this for so long. Yeah, we don't know. And then your reaction was great. You're we like, no, guys, that was that was unbelievable.
0: I, I saw my friends being happy and playing good music. Yeah. And it made me feel
1: good. And
0: that's really so much of what you guys are. People have fun with you. You are fun to be around. Any any near future plans, or are we just kind of winging it until the world's know. in a little more settled a, situation?
1: Yeah, we had a couple shows get canceled because of the thing. We were gonna play our first Vancouver show, so that got canceled. I guess postponed yeah. and probably canceled. Um, so uh, yeah, honestly, we we're just kind of in limbo, just writing, So just plugging
0: it, plugging yeah. away at home. Yeah.
1: No, we still practice once well, twice a
0: week. We we expect great things when it does come out, and I have no doubt that you guys will deliver. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you very much for uh, having again, me. Once again, this is Joey Dudas. He is the drummer of Plague Doctor. A good close friend of mine.
1: Joey, love you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. This was fun.
0: Um, and for you guys, uh, this has been Locally Sourced Jams. Don't know when the episode will come out. I don't know how often these will come out. This is more just done for my own sake. Uh, recording on July 4th. So happy birthday, Mom. I'll see you for dinner in a little bit here. And uh, until next time, you guys, stay sweet. Stay local.